This is the Flying and More podcast episode one. Today I'm going to simplify some things about aviation for non-pilots as there are so many common misunderstandings. On airliners, some passengers ignore the instructions to turn on airplane mode, which I completely understand. After all, it's just nothing, isn't it? Actually, they're partly right. If you use airplane mode, which disables cellular data on your phone, the plane probably won't crash, and in many cases, the signals from our phones do not really affect the plane. Just to clarify, I'm not trying to convince you to ignore commands from the Federal Aviation Administration, but if you forget to put your phone in airplane mode, in most situations it will not really affect the airplane's safety. Next, let's talk about radio calls. If you're a fan of popular movies about planes, you know what I'm talking about. For information, a lot of times the movies use very incorrect phraseology, but if you're not a pilot, you'll think it's normal. In reality, a normal takeoff clearance would go as follows. Skyhawk 123 Alpha, Palo Alto Tower, cleared for takeoff runway 31, make right traffic. So many times, people think that one pilot is talking to the same air traffic controller for a whole flight, an understandable misunderstanding, but if you work it out, it would not be very practical. To talk to the same air traffic controller for a whole cross-country flight would be kind of trying to listen to a radio station in San Francisco when you're in Boston. Without some kind of radio repeater, the station would begin to fade out after about 30 miles out. That's why in aviation there are multiple different frequencies geographically oriented so that you can almost always be in contact with an air traffic control facility, whether it be a tower controller or an approach, departure, center, FSS, or some other facility. You might ask what all these are. Well, you're about to find out. A tower controller is someone who controls airport takeoffs and landings and most traffic nearby. Think of a traffic controller as a traffic policeman that directs you and you can talk back to them. A ground controller is someone who controls airport ground traffic, including airplanes, cars, and trucks, and other vehicles like helicopters. Some parts of an airport are not to be controlled by anyone. These are called non-movement areas. These areas can include things like aircraft parking spaces, terminals, and gates. You wouldn't want to move. Uh, you wouldn't want to have an air traffic controller scold you for having an airplane move a couple feet to start the engine away from the fence at the edge of the airport. After takeoff, the tower controller hands the pilot off to another controller. What comes next is either a departure or approach controller. Though both serve the same purpose, a a departure controller mostly controls departing traffic, while an air approach controller controls mostly landing traffic. While en route, a pilot can get weather information by calling up an FSS station, which stands for Flight Service Station. Many pilots agree that FSS facilities are soon going to be out of business for all the online apps for your tablets and smartphones like ForeFlight or Garmin Pilot.
Next, a little bit about opportunities for aviation jobs. So many jobs are available if you're interested in aviation. Though I chose the learning to fly path, some others include military air force flying, mechanic, air traffic controller, flight attendant, and aircraft modifications. The opportunities are endless. What are the requirements for getting started in an aviation job? Well, for a lot of things, all you have to know is how to read and write English, and in some countries you might need to know how to understand French. To get a pilot's license, you must be 17, but to solo a plane, you just need to be 16 and have all the required documents and instructor signatures. It's a process to become a pilot, and it takes a long time. Flying is quite expensive, but once you get a job as a pilot, which is pretty much guaranteed, you can start making money for doing something that a lot of people like. If you want to get started, see if you can find somewhere where you can get a discovery flight. A discovery flight is a short introductory flight, usually lasting around 30 minutes. If you don't love it then, then it's a good sign that being a pilot is not for you. If you've always had a dream about becoming a pilot, there's always a second chance. If you still don't love it, you might want to switch to another option, the option of being a mechanic. You'd still be able to be around planes when you work. Just if you're a mechanic, you'd have to get a pilot's license to fly any plane you work on, which would simply start the process all over again. Well, that's about it. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast and participating in a survey which is in the description. This podcast will come out each week and we might have short second episodes each week. If you have any questions about anything I said on the show, please contact me at the following email, flyingandmorepodcast at gmail.com. This address is also available in the my description for this episode. To support this podcast, you can make a monthly donation to the podcast so that I can continue making this podcast. The link is in the description. This is August Anzig signing off for the Flying and More podcast. Goodbye.